This is a sacred moment that marks the beginning of Jesus's incarnate life on this earth. So as you're listening to this, where in your life right now do you need to sit with the Lord and say, not my will, but yours, God? Be it unto me as you have said, what are your plans and purposes for my life, Lord? Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise sort out our thoughts through honest conversation and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Megan Nilsson, and this is part three of the five-part series, Oh Weary World Rejoice, the Advent study that we are diving into this season. And I'm so glad you're here. As a recap, week one is called The Beginning. So we looked into the fact that Jesus Christ did not just appear on the scene in 0 AD, CE, whatever we're calling it. He actually existed from the beginning, hovered over the waters of the earth in the expression, the living expression of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He has been with us from the beginning. So if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go listen to part one, the beginning. Part two is called The Becoming. We are diving into some scripture passage in Luke. And specifically, week two, the becoming is when the angel Gabriel is visiting Mary and he says, listen, listen, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. You are going to become pregnant. You will have a son and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the highest God, the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. That's what we were listening to and discussing last week in the becoming. What is God creating inside of you? How is the Holy Spirit shifting and stirring and bringing new growth so that you can become the person that he originally designed you to be, constantly creating, constantly evolving in the supernatural space with Jesus, co-laboring with him. And this week, part three, we are going to dive into the believing. So once we get that word from the Holy Spirit, from that angel that says, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to become. This is what is coming how can we respond? And we are going to use Mary as a template for that. And so I'll be reading from the voice translation, verses 34 through 38 in Luke chapter 1. And after the angel Gabriel has really given Mary this fantastic, incredible, unbelievable news, she says in verse 34, but I have never been with a man. How is this possible? Good question, Mary. Good question. And so the messenger says, the angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit, he's actually going to answer her question. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High, 
God will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, but also as the son of God. Listen, it sounds impossible, verse 36, but listen, you know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children. And Mary's probably like, yeah, I knew that. And is now far too old to be a mother, yet she has become pregnant as God willed it. Yes, in three months, she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God. Verse 38, Mary, pondering, deciding in her heart, responds, Here I am, the Lord's humble servant, as you have said, let it be done to me. Isn't this absolutely incredible? And you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but maybe some of you out there listening might find it hard to believe in the virgin birth. I mean, I, I, I get it. it. It seems incredible. We've I've never personally experienced this or heard of somebody else experiencing this. And yet here's what we know. We know that Luke was a medical doctor. So Dr. Luke, the gospel writer, knew perfectly well how babies were made. I think even back then, the science hasn't changed too much since that day and age. And it would have been just as hard for him to believe. He's a man of science, and yet he reports the facts. And caveat, I do believe that God created science. So yes, we believe in science. Yes, we believe in God. Let's just make that clear once and for all. And Luke, we know this, was a painstaking researcher. So he was basing all of this off of multiple, multiple, multiple eyewitness accounts. So he's not just saying, taking the word of one person. And tradition holds, at least this is commentary that I read, that he talked with Mary about the events he recorded in the first two chapters. So we talked about this in a previous episode that Luke, in the very beginning of his gospel, says, a lot of people have written about this. I have painstakingly researched this, and I'm writing to you the truth of what we know. So if we worship God as the creator of the universe, that we should have no doubt that he has the power to create a child in a virgin's womb. I mean, in Genesis, let's go all the way back to the beginning. So in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, in the ESV version, it says, in the beginning, God what? God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So even from the very beginning of Scripture, we see, we read the description of God creating something out of nothing. So if God could hover over the face of the deep, over the waters and the darkness, and say, let there be light, and there was light— why couldn't he hover over Mary's womb, hover over the darkness, the dark waters of that space, and create the light of the world? If you think about it, if you make that connection, it, it gives me goosebumps to even say it because you think about God hovering over the world, creating light, the essence of light from the beginning of the world. And then all these years later, 
He is seeing his creation. He's he's experiencing the brokenness between man made in his image and himself. And so he has brought Jesus. He's bringing the light of the world once again through a supernatural God creation into the world for us. I want to stop here for just a minute. And I want to ask you, as you hear this, as you experience this right now, where in your life do you need the light to break in? Where in your life are you feeling dark and void and without form? Pray right now. Ask the Lord to come in. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and create and begin to birth something. Where can he bring the light into your world? Listen, as a mom, I am going to announce this right now. I do not. I don't know what I don't know about my kids, what they're doing, especially this day and age, right? There's just so much that they can be involved in that we have no idea what's going on, what they're watching, what they're listening to, who they're hanging out with, you name it. And yet, what do I pray? I pray that God would bring the light into dark places. So I cannot be, and I should not be micromanaging every little movement of my kids. They are teenagers and young adults. They are growing into their own space, into their own lives. And so what I can do, how I can intercede and how I can can really advocate and, and war and intercede on their behalf is to pray and say, Jesus, light of the world, bring light into dark places. If there's anything that's dark that's happening in their lives, in their minds, in their hearts, in their bodies bring your light into that situation so that they know that they can bring it out into the light and that you would bring about the healing that we need. So where in your life are you praying that the Holy Spirit would bring light into a dark situation? Okay, what else do we recognize here in this story? Mary is a young, unmarried girl. We know this. And Likely you've also heard she could have risked disaster, right? Unless the father of the child agreed to marry her. So unless Joseph agreed to marry her, she would likely remain unmarried for life because she became, at least from the natural sense, what it looks like, she became pregnant out of wedlock. If her own father rejected her, she could be forced into begging or prostitution in order to earn a living. So she also risked absolute break, absolute disconnection from her community, risked being labeled crazy. A lot, there was a lot at stake for her when she receives this word. And yet, despite all the risks, what does she say? She responds, may everything you have said come true. She knows the absolute risk and yet She is willing to relinquish and surrender her own reputation and say, let it be unto me as you have said. In the Passion Translation, she says, let it come to pass. She doesn't actually know what that will mean. She only knew that God was asking her to serve him. And that's her highest priority. That's her highest value is that she would serve God. And so she willingly obeys Verse 37 is one of those key anchor verses that I could sit and meditate on for a long time because verse in verse 37 in the Passion Translation, it says, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with him. 
The voice says, so the impossible is possible with God. And in the Phillips translation, it says, no promise of God can fail to be fulfilled. How many different ways can I say this? How many different translations can remind us that if God purposes something, if it is in his sovereign will, nothing can thwart it. If he has brought a promise into your life, then nothing can thwart it. It just may take on a different manifestation of what you would have thought. So where in your life are you waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled? Where have you been given a word? How have you been given a word in this life and you're waiting for this? Now, where else in scripture do we see this concept? I want to bring about two specific instances. The first is in Luke chapter 18, verse 27, and Jesus is talking to a crowd after the rich young ruler has walked away sad. So you might remember that the rich young ruler comes to him and says, I have, I have obeyed all your laws since I was young. I am an upstanding young man. I've done it all right, top of the class. What else must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, you know what? Why don't you sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich young ruler walks away sad because it's the one thing that's just too painful. Jesus has hit the one thing that he's like, I don't I don't know if I can do that. I've got my wealth. It's who I am. It's my identity. And the crowd who's listening in and watches this interaction asks Jesus, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus replies, what is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. This is what we need to understand today is that from our human perspective, things, many things seem absolutely impossible. And yet, if God is bringing it about, then what feels impossible from your perspective is actually possible with him. What is that? Is there something that God is stirring in your heart and the Holy Spirit is coming in and actually inviting you to step into and yet your flesh feels like it's too painful to release? Is there something that's just too painful to release like the rich young ruler? I pray and I would challenge you to think about that. What is God asking you to step into? And is it going to require a release of something that your flesh holds onto very tightly? The other moment in scripture is Mark chapter 14, verse 36. And Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane just before his crucifixion. And he is asking if God would take the cup from him. He, 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 is, he is pained. He understands the gravity and the pain of what's actually about to happen. And he says, everything's possible for you, Dad, Abba, Father, yet not my will, but yours be done. There are these moments in scripture that remind us of the truth that our flesh, our human existence, we want to hold on to things so tightly that we think that nourish and satisfy and bring us identity and belonging. And yet God is coming in and saying, if you will just release your identity to me, release your belonging to me, I can come in and fill something with ways that you would never even imagine. What does it look like for you today to say, everything's possible with you, God. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm holding on to. Here's what I would love to see happen, yet not my will, but yours be done, because I know that your will 
is always higher than my will. Your ways are greater than my ways. I don't know if you are familiar with Brother Lawrence or not, but he wrote this fantastic little book called Practicing the Presence of God. I highly recommend it. But there is a phrase, there's a sentence in there that I absolutely love, a couple sentences on page 53, and it says, Brother Lawrence says, we need neither art nor science for going to God. We don't need art. We don't need science. And yet these are the things that humans, these are the things that we reach for in order to connect with God, right? Brother Lawrence says, all we need, drum roll, please get your pens and papers out. All we need is a heart resolutely determined to apply itself to nothing but God for his sake and to love him only. So science shows us the magnitude, the majesty of the creator. Art brings about our emotions and connects us to him, connects our feelings to him and the beauty of the world. And yet, Brother Lawrence is saying these things pale in comparison to a heart that is resolutely determined to apply itself to nothing but him. What is the state of your heart today? If you pull back and center down and and disconnect from all the things that are swirling around right, you right now, and you just connect with your heart. Is your heart the center of your body, the thing that beats the blood through your body? Is your heart resolutely determined to apply itself to nothing but God and to love him only? This is a tall order. And you know, Mary's response is directly in line with that. In the Phillips translation, she says, I belong to you, body and soul. She's demonstrating to us what it looks like to be resolutely determined to apply herself to God and nothing but that. I have this counselor that I have seen over over the past decade or so. Love her, love her. She is one of the women in my life that just constantly pushes me more towards the spirit and releasing the flesh. And I've shared this in previous podcasts, but I want to bring it back up here today. And my counselor, Linda, she says, Megan, one of the biggest challenges when God brings us a word, when he brings a stirring, when he bring, when he implants a new idea and for new creation is that we immediately as human beings, we ask, how can this be? How is this going to be done? I don't know. I Zachariah asked this and he said, well, I don't know how this is going to work. And guess what? However, the angel needed to deal with him, God had needed to deal with him. Zachariah was mute for the next nine months. He needed to sit in silence and really absorb exactly what was happening without a word coming to pass. And Mary asks, how can this be? I've never been with a man. How can this be? And my counselor says, Megan, in the spirit, the spirit asks, says, wow, wow, God, this is amazing. This is insane. I don't understand it, but I trust it. I believe it. And the flesh asks, how is this going to be possible? And in Mary's case, the Holy Spirit recognizes her question, affirms her question, and he says that the Holy Spirit's going to come. The angel actually takes that next step and releases the information to her. He says, the Holy Spirit is going to come and hover over you. And he says, not only that, I'm going to give you a testimony of someone else who's living a miracle right now. Look at Elizabeth. She's getting on in years. 
I feel like this is a theme in scripture about all, all these women that are getting on in years. And God is bringing the miracle of new life into them. And even as I'm laughing, I'm like, that is a word for somebody right now. If you are a woman and you are getting on in years and you feel like you are past your prime and you're an older stage of life and you're like, what could God actually do in my life? I want to tell you that Sarah and Elizabeth and these women that think that they are barren, that nothing good can come from them, there's no new birth coming from them, God is looking at you and saying, even though you are getting on in years, girl, I can still bring about new life into your world. You are not out of the game. You are not out of God's kingdom purposes right now. So as God's bringing a word into you, into your life, Look for the fruit and testimony in other people's lives. How are you soaking it in? How are you looking for and recognizing and receiving the miraculous moves of God? Look around you right now. If there's something that God has planted in your heart as a purpose and a thing that needs to come onto this earth, where else is he doing that? Chances are you are not alone. And he's bringing about new life in, into other people as well. And so it's time to go connect with them and see what God is doing. And then this really hits me at the end of this passage. We have this miraculous encounter, this beautiful moment when Mary's saying, here I am, your humble servant, let it be unto me as you have said. And then the last line as we end today says, and the heavenly messenger, the angel was gone. What happens when that miraculous supernatural moment has left you? What happens when you don't sense or feel God's spirit anymore? There are three things that I want to say to you today. If you feel like you've been given a word, an idea, a, a seedling of some new creation, and all of a sudden you're like, God, I feel like you told me that. I feel like that you gave that word to me, and yet I don't sense it. I don't feel it anymore. I don't see anything happen. Listen, number one, you need to hold on to that moment. Write it down. If there's anything under the sound of my voice that you guys will hear me say week after week, it's this write things down down. There's such power in, in receiving a download from the Lord, in receiving a word from God and writing it down and asking him to confirm it, asking him to bring it about, asking him to fill in the blanks, and then watching in expectation as he will do that. So don't forget, write these things down. And number two, belief. This week is called the believing. So we see Mary receive this word from the angel. She has a choice in that moment. She can respond in a number of ways, and yet her belief is the key. The belief is what triggers her into the next steps on the journey and the next part that we're going to look into next week. And then I want you to remember, what is the truth? What is the truth of who God is, who he says he is, who he is in your life, who he says you are? Don't forget, write things down. Believe what God says is true. And remind yourself of the truth of God, of his kingdom. Mary accepts her great destiny. She does so freely with, with full understanding of the difficulty of, of, of her position. She leaves the future in God's hands. Listen, we talked about this last week. The angel tells her she's highly favored. 
And yet we know the end of the story. We know that she's going to experience deeper heartache and heartbreak than any human being should have to endure on this earth. How is that highly favored? How is that possibly highly favored? The only way that that is highly favored is if God has a different reality, is if there's a kingdom reality and he knows something that we don't know from our natural sense. It is absolute devastation. And it is, we feel it, we feel the pain. And yet she is favored because God is bringing the savior of the universe through her body and into the world. And she leaves the future in his hands. And her response to him is, be it unto me as you have said. This is a sacred moment that marks the beginning of Jesus's incarnate life on this earth. So as you're listening to this, where in your life right now do you need to sit with the Lord and say, not my will, but yours, God? Be it unto me as you have said, what are your plans and purposes for my life, Lord? Let those come to pass. Let those grow and bring fruit and let the things of my flesh, the things that are bringing death, let them die, let them disintegrate and let only your kingdom advancement grow in my soul and my spirit. I was recently sent a blog that was written by Todd Pickett, who is the Dean of Spiritual Development at Biola University. A friend sent me a blog that he had written, and he writes this. He says, in Greek, quote, let it be, so let it be unto me as you have said, let it be is just one word. It's a verb, but it's a strange verb. He says, it's not, it is not quite to do something, but to let something be done to me. So when we are understanding what this kingdom life looks like. It's not always, hey, okay, let me go. Let me get up. Let me go do something. It's let something happen to me. Let it be done unto me. What is God doing unto you? To say let it be is not to to passively accept the circumstances of life just a doormat laying down, whatever happens, happens, case sera, sera, you know, whatever. But it's an active, it's an, a kingdom activity it, to carry within us the desire and the hope that Christ, Christ in you, Christ in me, quite literally for Mary, Christ in her womb, Christ in us in the spiritual sense, can in all circumstances transform us. His presence in our life will transform us. How can we release control of, of what our flesh wants to hold on to? How can you release the control of that today? We live in this tension of the things that we want, of the things that our flesh convinces us that we need. And yet, when we release the flesh and we walk by the Spirit, we are saying, May it be unto me as you have said. God, bring about your truth. Bring about your vision into my life. Where has the Lord given you a vision for your life, a vision for your family, for your career, for your health, for your community? I know that if you are honest and you quiet the noise of your heart, quiet the noise that's invading your mind, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's at some point in life, God has given you a bigger vision than what you are experiencing right now. Are you being obedient and ushering in the new kingdom? Are you responding 
in a way that says, God, you've given me this vision. Please forgive me for, for, for letting go, for forgetting the vision, for not paying attention to the vision. He is bringing it back to your awareness right now. He's bringing it back to your awareness right now, and you have a choice. Do you want to walk in faith and in belief that God can come, his spirit can come into your, into your mind, body, and soul and bring it about on this earth? Or are you going to walk away sad like the rich young ruler and just and say, nope, that's too hard. I don't, I don't believe it and I don't get it. You have, you graciously have that choice right now. Your obedience, your belief, your faith can actually bring about blessing in your family. What does it look like for your belief to break the generational chains, to break the things that have just been long allowed to live dysfunction, toxicity in your family? For some of you, this they're, they're, these might be big and obvious things. And for some of you, it may be very, very subtle. But as the Spirit of God comes into you, where is he bringing about awareness of new life? And how can you walk in faith and belief and say, may it be unto me as you have said, I want to break this, this curse. I want to break this chain, this thing that has been allowed to live and thrive and grow in our, in our family line no more. I come in the name of Jesus. I come by faith and I say today, from this point forward, it is different because I'm walking in belief and I'm allowing, I'm allowing the spirit of God to come in and cleanse and bring light and healing and new life into dark places. So I pray for you guys that God's purposes will come about in your life that he will give you the gift and the grace of faith and and he will give you the honor of partnering with him if you are willing. And speaking of partnering with God, if this is something that is stirring your soul, I want you to know that there are options. You don't have to go this alone. So many times we see the problem we understand that that we're stuck, that we're overwhelmed and we have this vision of where we want to go. We see a different future. We see a bright future. And yet we don't know what we, how can we possibly get there? What does that look like? I want to invite you to hop on a call with me. I offer a 30 minute, totally free discovery, curiosity call, whatever you want to call it. You can get on my website, Megan B. Nilsson, and you can schedule one today. And if you think that in the next coming months, something could look different in your life because God is birthing something new and you want to discover what it is and figure out how this can actually come about on the earth, then I would be so honored to hear your story and see if what I do in the way of kingdom life coaching and bringing about kingdom strategy and how, how do you get from A to B to C, how do you walk it out with love and respect? I would love to hear what that is going on. And then lastly, if this series is, is ministering to you at all, if it's blessing you and you want to do a deeper work with the Lord, I have a journal that you can buy. It's just $15. If you go to ohwearyworldrejoice.com, ohwearyworldrejoice.com, you can grab that for yourself and take some time in some supplemental scripture and really begin to write down some of the things that God is bringing to your awareness. So I love you guys, and I will see you for part four next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts 
so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsson or head to my website, meganbnilsson.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.